Welcome everybody to another one of my uh, episodes and uh, today I am, as you will know, delighted to have the uh, the intriguing uh, Wes uh, the Meep Pennock all the way from San Antonio, uh, Texas. I met Wes uh, through the Salesborgs way back when, so even though Wes and I have never actually met in person, I feel like he's a brother from another mother and Oh yeah, this 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 could go many different directions. This uh, this conversation. There's a good ten years in terms of uh, age difference between uh, myself and Wes. Watching, I'm definitely the older one. And yeah, so what we were going to unpack uh, today is God, I hate that term. Cleaning <laughs> mouth out was so. Uh, what we're going to discuss today is kind of the future state of sales. And Wes comes Wes comes at this from a very technical dare I say it, perspective, because if you look at Wes's uh, headline, it's making custom internal tooling uh, easy. But enough of me waffling on. Uh, Wes, over to you. Do you want to give a little bit of background info to your, your experience? Who, what, why, when, where? And then we can see. Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the things that um, I, I started out as a programmer like 10 years ago, I started down the rabbit hole when I was 16, I'm now 27. Um, yes, Father Time continues to march on and I feel that every day. Um, I can only have go to the gas station three times in the day now instead of the usual five because of America. Now, but uh, I started in sales back in 2018, 2019 with startups on R slash startups on R slash co-founders. And what I've ran into is a lot of founders have great ideas. But when you put a CEO, CTO that has an engineering background in a sales motion, the number one frustration they have is, I built it. What more work is there to be done? I'm like, my child, my sweet summer child. Again, why do you think Oracle is everywhere? Do you think a bunch of programmers convinced the DOD to work with them? Mm -hmm. You know that's wrong. I know that's wrong. You need to work with sales, whether you like them or not. That's it. So, with well, I love your turn, your turn of phrases. Um, and again, you know, with respect to the audience, just work with us on this. If West goes off on one, it's totally fine. It all it all comes back to some logical viewpoints at at some uh, at some point. So you're you, you yeah. started out life as a programmer. So you went down the the the, the technical route. Why mm -hmm. why then? And I know that you know you're an, you're an independent consultant, so you're out there kind of earning earning your graft the, uh, the the hard way, living and living and breathing the dream that I did for uh, for five years. Ago. So, what was it that made you move to that switch to into a kind of a sales role from a technical program role? Because if you know if if what is to be believed out there, like full stack developers. Uh, Paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in terms of what they do. Programmers are now, you know, paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to what to what they do. And yes, of course, you can make good money in sales, but it's effort hard work. So, what what was the 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 switch, if you will? And those that are listening versus watching, if you're hearing tapping in the background, it's because Wes is is multi multitasking, no doubt, building the Death Star at the same time. Exactly. I'm using a Cherry MX Blue. Uh, no, no, no. Sorry. Royal Blues off some Kali switches on a custom board that I built myself. Um, so that's a thing. So really the reason is point blank, it's, it's twofold. One of them is that 
again, my last experience as a programmer, I nearly got arrested because somebody lied to the Fed, the American Air Force. Mm-hmm. And that's not all that uncommon in programming anymore, whether anyone wants to admit that or not. But two, it's basically, I wanted to change. Like, look, as a programmer, you're always expected to keep up with the latest trends. And while that's certainly true in sales, it's a lot easier to digest an entirely new methodology in a weekend from a seminar than it is having to go through a tutorial, having to set up a dev environment, having to build projects, and then having to convince non-technical people that you know what you're talking about in the recruiting process. <laughs> this is infinitely easier than any of that. So if I then reflect on, you said you got into sales kind of 2017, 2018, was it? 2018, 2019? 2019 is when I started going on R slash startups uh, and R slash co-founders. Yeah. 2019, the week of Christmas, I had a conversation with a man by the name of Ryan Matonis. And for all that you are wondering, yes, that Ryan Matonis, the one that works with the beard and ricer, mm-hmm. which I never thought I would ever have a conversation with him after that conversation we had that spring. But yeah, that's why. That's why. Okay, cool. So there's some, you know, some some people in there that have influenced you to make this uh, to make this, this move. And so you you moved into sales then at the wrong time when the world was clo- cl- closing in on, on all of us, as it, uh, as it were. But then well, the other one could be that actually your skill set and the, the kind of the, the viewpoint that you are bringing to the market also is actually what the world, world of sales and marketing can't realise that they need. Now, if I look back when I first went to sales in 2003, I think I started out my realtor job as my first job before moving into into, into recruitment back then it was a far simpler approach you had a phone you had a you had a computer yeah. vague thing called the internet linkedin was just kind of there if you will facebook wasn't even really a thing social selling didn't really exist so all one did was bash the phones and you know hope for the best, for the best. you know we 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 i was fortunate that i worked for an, an internationally recognized recruitment brand so they did a very good branding perspective at, at that stage. Now, I've heard of Michael Page. I've never heard of you, but I've heard of Michael Page. So that actually gave me the extra, if I'm going to take the Jerry Hill kind of approach, 27 seconds license to have the um, to have the, the, the phone call. You know, fast forward to where we are today in terms of the world of sales. For, for, for me, it seems like we're overcomplicating things. We're relying too much on technology we believe that automation is going to be the panacea to all of this and we know that's not not to be well as much as i want that to be true Mm -hmm. and as i would hope the problem fundamentally is is you are throwing tools like outreach sales lock whatever i'm not going to get into GUIs because frankly that doesn't matter yeah it's the idea it's you are throwing non-technical users at quite frankly, some of the most technical stacks I've ever seen outside of doing Docker and web development in and of itself with uh, AWS on the back end. Mm-hmm. And you're expecting them to understand what to do. And I'm like, I can teach them sales theory all day, but if I have to teach them how to use your tool, your tool is getting in the way of them making money. And you can't dance around that any longer. Okay. So that's that's an interesting point then in terms of because I've never used a sales lot, I've never used an out, you know, I never used an out, outreach. I'm you know, I'm okay with 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 CRM systems, but to your point, I don't really care how they work. I just need them to pretty much work out the box. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm intuitive enough to know well, I want it to be able to do this, this, and this, because that's the output I'm trying to trying to achieve. 
So what your, and I guess this dovetails into kind of what Justin Michael's talking about in his book with Tony Hill, Tony Hughes, what you're saying or suggesting is that the, the technology out there is, is almost becoming too technical and complex for the person that's going to be, in theory, leveraging it to help them achieve what they're trying to do, which is fundamentally hit quota. Right. And it's not even that tools are bad, but tools for the sake of tools is idiotic. Like, look, if it were up to me and my current org was okay with it, I would run, you know, an old school, you know, Gentoo or Slackware or maybe an old school Arch terminal interface, get it done, log out, done. But it's when it's basically, no, 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 this is your life now. And I'm like, no, my job is to make money. The tool helps me make money. If mm -hmm. it gets in the way of me making money, I don't want it and I don't need it. So where do we, you know, looping this back to kind of the, the, the future state of, of sales is, is going to be, I mean, we can't walk away from the fact that it is going to be tech, tech powered then. So what, oh, absolutely. what, what needs to, and from your perspective in terms of a technical program, as so a way of, you know, my, my pay grade in terms of, I said, I don't really care how the stuff works. I just want it to work and be easy to use. Where do we believe that this is going? If we accept the great resignation is happening, if we accept that people seem to be SDR roles, you know, thousands of them that, that are being hired, the valuations that these organizations are, <laughs> okay perceived valuations yeah, okay there you go. Yes, that again. is the correct phrase yes where um and yet we're asking of people who aren't technical to try and build this technical solution into fundamentally hitting quota making money yada 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 where do we you see this going does something need to kind of happen Something needs to go pop, you know, like almost like a market needs to go pop. Something needs to break in order for this to to kind of hit reset, or is it a bit like a an oil tanker? We're just kind of slowly turning that way. Anyway, it's just going to take time. So two fundamental points. First, and the change has already begun. A lot of SDRs are now pushing back. And again, real estate, we're talking insurance. Again, I've had conversations with Chad over uh, his thing many times. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I constantly hear is SDRs are tired of being told, hey, we don't have a CRM, we don't have tools, but go make dials and hope to God it works. People are saying no. However, there are also other people on the other side of the fence saying, you guys are asking me to manage five to 10 different tools. Mm -hmm. I thought you wanted me to do sales. We'll do tool management. And so what I think is going to happen is those that are actually interested in getting all the tools are going to go to companies that are willing to pay for them. Yeah. Those that just want to do sales are going to go to the old school niche. Like a guy like me who, when I was selling, would be able to do 150, 250 a dials, either connect and sell or call tools or whatever. We'll go to places where that's not normal. We'll crush it. And then at five o'clock, turn off the phone. Then there are others who want to work with the startup SaaS world, like your outplays, like you know, even Jason over at Orange. Mm -hmm. and, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the divide is coming and it's already starting. There are those that subscribe to the idea that a rep must fundamentally be technical. 
And that's correct. However, it's the reps level of comfort with the enablement that will be the deciding factor going forward. Because look, you can spend, as, as you well know, we talked with Shane, tens of thousands of pounds on tech. Mm-hmm. But if you have a rep that doesn't get it, using it, that's not going to save that person. It's not. And that's the thing that a lot of people are going to have to have a conversation with is, I, I can give you $100,000 worth of tools, mm-hmm. but I can't teach you if you want it. And that's the conversation that starts bubbling up. So that then, I guess, presents a, a, a challenge in some in some respects because who... who oh, yeah, management has never been harder than it is right now. Who, who then is at fault? Is it the rep isn't curious enough to want to learn? Is it there isn't sufficient, and I don't know where we are in sales enablement, sales effectiveness, revenue mm-hmm. operation use, rev- revenue intelligence in terms of, in terms of that community, mm-hmm. is that not equipped to enable the, the, the seller? Are we hiring, are we going after the wrong people? Do we need to, do we need to reinvent the role of the SDR AE completely? You know, Jesse, as much of a zealot as he is, and rightfully so at times, I think he's actually right. I believe that there's going to be two sets of reps. The mm-hmm. frontline reps that are going to be the guys who go in there, dial like crazy, email like crazy, and all that other stuff. And then there's going to be a secondary SDR rep who's going to be the strategist who's understanding how the tooling works and how to maximize it. And they're not necessarily not going to be RevOps, because RevOps is the overall org strategy. Yeah. not the SDR level. And you're talking about personal failings. We're beyond them. Every day beyond the year 1999, Salesforce is still in, on the board. It's a failing of everyone else around there because bluntly put, Salesforce shouldn't have seen past the 2000s. Again, Aaron, Aaron's magic. Yeah. Aaron was magic. He still is. Him and his castle, right? which I, I can only laugh at mildly because that's still fun. Um, but really, it's that there isn't a failure on either side. Okay. Thinking of stuff as a failure is, is well, frankly, old and archaic. It's not a failure so much as it is. It's not adjusted yet to the modern vogue. We've got to align people with the modern vogue because I don't necessarily think that, yeah, there are objectively bad rips. Yes, I'm not debating that. But to say that it's on the rep side of management or tech side, that's extremely short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Because look, yeah, you can keep throwing bodies, but at a certain point, word's going to get out. For a lot of the companies that I've dealt with in the past, word did get out, and then mm-hmm. we can hire. So, and that's an interesting concept, which is I'm starting to hear more, more, and more of this, and I reflect on a podcast I did. Crikey. Six months ago, might have been longer with Patrick and uh, and Justin, and kind of Patrick's view was it, A, it's going to take a brave CRO, CMO, wherever this ultimately rolls up into CEO, even MD, small business, large business. That fundamentally, the role it's almost that you want to act like a pod in a positive sense, not the negative pods on um, uh, on LinkedIn, but right. start to reskill the sales, sales and marketing function, if if you will around, okay, we need somebody who's really good technically, to your point. We need somebody who's really good at social. We need somebody really, who's really good at picking up the phone. Somebody who's really good at writing um, email copies. Somebody who email copies slash sequences plus 
um, maybe someone who's good at marketing, branding type sort of thing. So four or five. I need a string. I need a Patrick and I need an Eric in that order. And then it's the right. There's your number. <laughs> go away for 12 months almost. That's the number you need to go and, go and achieve. You as a team, as a collective, if you will, go and make that however you think is the best way to, to make that. Here is the tooling or the technology to support you to do this. If you haven't got what you need, come and tell us and we'll try and figure out a way to uh, to deliver it to deliver this the, the the challenge i guess with that i buy into that kind of i kind of that buy into that viewpoint because it's almost a quasi consultant you know consulting's got its own challenges but the consulting world is go find a bunch of bright people in the business who believe in what you do and go make it happen type sort of thing wherever those people sit which is typically you know diversity of thought diversity of kind of skill sets to to mm-hmm. um, to to deliver that, you know, the whole way that is delivered and time and line and is set for conversation. But that then starts to kind of challenge the status quo of month on month, quarter by quarter quota, or reflect on, you know, conversations with Marcus Kalki around if we're going to truly drive long, long-term customer value, reps should be rewarded or the team should be rewarded. Well, actually, so um, this is one of those this is truly off the cuff wild, but I think someone needs to say it. You need reps focused on the short term. You need reps focused on the midterm, and then you need reps focused on the long term. And if you're gonna start asking for that from an org, that's fine. But you need to silo those functions. And asking one rep to constantly context switch within the actual tool every day—that's why they don't want to do it. That's the real reason. But nobody wants to talk about that. Is that not what's meant to happen now with kind of SDR handover to AE, AE hands over to customers, customer success? Is that not meant to be what happens? So this is where, again, I, I'm in the minority. SDR, AE, okay, that was, that was useful in the 90s, maybe even yeah. up to the early 2000s. But if you're telling me that people aren't full cycle, especially with the level of you know, knowledge that mm-hmm. these modern SaaS tools require to sell, I ask, why? Give me a good reason mm-hmm. why they shouldn't be the face of the company through the entire exchange. I want somebody to tell me why. I'm on the same page as you. I reflect on my recruitment days way back when. Um, so we're, you know, mm-hmm. early, mid-2000s. Um, yeah, mid-2000s. Too far, too far. Rainy Spider-Man time. Yeah. It was. You know, we, I was hiring salespeople. I was hiring salespeople into the IT and tech sector. There are three roles you hired. Or three questions you asked if somebody came uh, came in, which is, um, is this net new business? Is this account management or is this channel? And that was kind of it really in terms of the type of role that it, that it was. And the, the new new business got paid more effectively, dare I say it, in terms of got lower base but higher OTE because they were going out and being the, the, the hunters. You then had the account management team, which were given a set of uh, accounts, and their role was very much to grow and farm, cross-sell, upsell within that uh, that organisation. And then you had the the channel sales, which was going to form the the partnership and the the alliance with uh, your third-party people to to sell with to then go and build that channel accordingly. That was right. And it was always net news hardest, but biggest reward. Farm is slightly easier and channels a piece of piss. Mm-hmm. 
fundamentally you're just getting other people to build a relationship uh, right. with you. And again, I've talked about this earlier. I remember when LinkedIn was trying to change my AE after year one, I said, no, I've spent the best part of 12 months building a relationship with this person. He knows this on the inside out. I'm not having this handed over because I haven't got time to build this all. And eventually they, they agreed to it. Right. So why do you, why do we feel that that seems to be such a, such a difficult conversation? I don't know if difficult is the right way, but what, why is that not being, why are we in the minority still in that conversation, do we feel? Because that screen, the elephant in the room that so many people are openly afraid of talking about is, and this is just where, again, I know AEs, like my, my AE on, for us, for Jester, mm -hmm. I don't have to tell him to go look for stuff. Yeah. I don't have to tell him to do his job. He does his job. The blunt answer is you got AEs that want to be order takers. And if that's your case, um, I don't, I don't know if you want to sales them. So, yeah, granted. So to that to that end, is that then, would they, oh, I hate the word term pivot, but could that existing construct move into more of a longer term re reward? Or do you feel that, well, I know we're talking broad brushstroke here. Right, right. Thanks to people in AEs and this and that. But do you feel that that longer term, that longer term play fundamentally the person's still got to go out and prospect still got to go out and find the new opportunity still got to do it it's just the longer term sales cycles longer term play versus the shorter sales cycles it's just shorter sales cycles right right and this is the that is a part of the elephant but that's not the elephant the mm -hmm. real elephant is people don't know how to pay salespeople outside of the ae and sdr model and whenever you start bringing that up the bean counters get scared because yep. you begin to realize how inefficient that model is mm -hmm. and if that becomes the case and full cycle becomes the norm cap tables everything changes and the reason why it's slowly happening is because people are accepting the fact that we can't go back and this is our new norm yeah and we have to have those conversations about because never before have people so openly bluntly and directly talked about comp before and what a lot of people are realizing is they're asking you to put in all this work for such a little amount. And again, this is where we're going to talk just pure hedonism for a minute about the condition. I can go work over there and make, you know, 10, 15% more or do less. I'm going to take that. And I'm not going to blame anybody for that. I'm the sales cycle has to be made aware of that because it chooses not to be sometimes, you know? It's and I'm certainly the, the reward conversation is starting to become more prevalent on, on, on our side, yeah. which I believe is, is an interesting one. I think, and, and I think this is actually outside, this is beyond sales, beyond the sales world. This is just, yeah. generally because what the last two years, to all intents and purposes, I think for a lot of people has kind of reset what is important. And Values. Yep. Okay, I just want to. I, I need to earn. I just don't want to pay my bills. I want to pay the rent. I want to be able to pay the mortgage. I want to be able to do things that I that, that I enjoy. I want time with my family. Mm -hmm. We know we're never going to hit those big freaking numbers. Some people do. Okay, and even I reflect on you know a training program I did two five years ago, where somebody from our, a sales leader from Oracle was talking about 
even when we try to shift the commission to help the sellers sell stuff that was more profitable, but the deal size was smaller, they still went through the whales, even if a million dollar deal was not profitable, they would get kind of lauded as this person is the best salesperson in, in the world because they sold a million dollars revenue, even though, even though that was lost, potentially loss making to the, to, to the company. And I, I, I you know. So, actually, I, I do have some thoughts on that. Everyone wants to tout the amount of money sold for the company. My blunt question is, is what do you care? No, no, no. The only number you should concern yourself with is how much did I get? That's the only number that matters at the end of the day. How many zeros hit my bank account? I'm all for making a company look good. I'm all for building pedigree. I'm all for any of that. But at the end of the day, is it in my wallet? If not, okay, cool. And, but again, I'm very blunt about that with people. But therein lies, I guess, the, 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 the tension that, um, I guess, HR, finance, you know, L&D is going gonna, is gonna to face because fundamentally, I'm, you know, I, I'm coin operated through my, through my blood, through my late father was in sales. I kind of understand the more what that brings, that, you know, the risk that, that brings, that risk that brings with it. But I guess there's a generation, um, I had a hate putting, you know, box, people in the boxes, but there's a generation coming through, the new, the new generation coming through in the broad mm -hmm. sense. That's not necessarily what makes them tick. Now, there is debate in terms of entitlement, and there has to be, yes. there has to be a bit of give and take in this around sales is not easy. So there no. has to be something that you've got to have some will, a will to at least engage, talk, deal with objection, to go through a process and emotion. No matter oh, what yeah. sales motion you, you you fundamentally follow, they all come down <laughs> to the the same thing at the at the end of the day. There is no silver bullet. Trust me, I'm trying to find it um, in this. So there is that. There is kind of that aspect. But I also do get the sense that there does now there is starting to be this this shift that the way that the overall construct of sales is and I'm talking, you know, we're talking traditional kind of sales is 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 done has to be done a little bit differently and I think we're also I think I believe we're also now in a way in a world where that, that is more and more eminently achievable based on the technology solutions that we have but also the, the access to data that b2b now has either your own data possibly third-party um, mm -hmm. data points, but also HR data, well-being data, to start to drive more broad insight to help support, especially if you've got remote sales functions, um, which right. is going to be for a while, right? Uh, and I'm not talking about in terms of data, in terms of stalking you in, around you weren't on at this time or, or that time. and, uh, and uh, But to see how they're doing, like... At a certain point, you can throw money, you can throw cards, you can throw dinners, you can throw whatever you want at a person. But if that doesn't make them tick, things are going to go start to go screwy really quickly. And now the HR and legal and all these other people are aware that this is an actual thing. You got to imagine they're wondering, okay, this is let's see if we're doing an American. And we're saying the base of an SDR, whatever, 45 feet by, mm -hmm. and adding insurance, this is at least a six-figure engagement. How are we hedging our bets? And how do we do that respectfully and tastefully when, quite frankly, worker-employee relationships have never been worse? In part because r slash anti-work, and you'll have a whole generation that now knows the powers of needs. 
And it, it's got to be weird to be in their shoes right now. Do, do we think that this is partly born out, born out of technology is part to blame in, is blame the right word? So it just, I get the sense at the moment through automation, email outreach, dials made, whatever it is, automation on social, blah, blah, blah. That, that we just do more, we do, we need more people to operate the machine to spit more out. And then we'll continue to, we'll eventually get to where we want to get to just by doing more of the, of the same. Is there, so it is that part and parcel that we've been sold the dream by these companies where the dream is, <laughs> isn't actually reality, Kel surprise. And then it's more to your, I think, to your point at the, the beginning of the conversation, the kind of the, 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 the challenge, and just this then also starts to dictate the future state, is that we're putting people in charge of these machines that don't really know how to use them. So they're, they're not getting the best out well, of them. And, and this is something that I think people, and again, this is now where the state sales is. There is birth, there is life, there is death. Mm -hmm. Companies need to accept that. Okay, let me explain. So as you know, I work with companies, not my current one, but others. I've heard like, okay, we want to add six, seven figures MRR. And I'm like, great. Why? And they're like, well, why not? And I'm like, okay. So you're telling me you want all this money, but you don't know what you're going to do with it. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of people are beginning to ask like, okay, but why? Companies are scrambling to answer that question because look, like, okay, let's say that in three to five years, the startup started and within five to 10, it's acquired. There are entries and there are exits. Mm -hmm. What people are becoming more and more accustomed to asking is, what is the exit point for me? Like with all my newfound relationship with all the startup founders I deal with, mm -hmm. first question is, what do you want? And when are you going to ride off into the sunset? If they cannot answer those two questions, I walk up. I walk. I'm not even going to tolerate the conversation. Because that's so critical now. I, I totally, I, I completely agree. And I think that would almost be in terms of not only startups, it's if you're working for a large organization, you're trying to build out a territory, or build out a particular mm -hmm. account, you know, account plan. You know, some oh, of the questions are why, not so much why in terms of MRR, but why are we going after these organizations? And I reflect on some of my career, well, because we, because they're, you know, they're the gold standard brand. Well, okay, well, that that's, that's all well and good, but mm. can we actually... Do we have a cat's hell and chance of even winning this, or would it be better to maybe look down a level, not necessarily the sexy brands, but the brands that genuinely need our help and probably going to pay us slightly, maybe pay us less, but more profitable? Um, right. And they're like, now you're just logo chasing, bro. Like, dude, you're making six to seven figures between you and maybe half a dozen co founders. And your response to me is, hey, can you double it? My response to you is, okay. What problems do you have that you're not telling me about financially that makes you believe doubling it solve your problems? What deal have you made with the money? Because I can't help you unless you're being honest with me and you asking to double six figures by hiring consultants means you fundamentally do not understand what that actually means in its head. Which then I guess comes back to this, to the interesting world and kind of SaaS sales. And I know Marcus Calgary's got a view on this as well. Is okay. that I think you mentioned it earlier in terms of the, the medium to longer term relationships versus just stop chasing net new logos and churning after 12, 12, to, 12 to 18 months because fundamentally you've 
a reflection of this funny TikTok video I saw earlier today in terms of a CSM sitting in mute on a, on a, on a sales call or basically the seller, probably because they're under pressure to do so because they need to hit their number, you know, is, mm-hmm. is promising the world in terms of what can be delivered. And the CSM is thinking, Christ, I've got to deal with this for the next 18 months and we're probably going to lose it after 12 because we failed to deliver what we were working Bingo. on before we promised versus maybe nurturing your existing clients to be a little bit more successful and stickier Bingo. with what like- you've got. Right. And this is where the new logos versus maintaining relationship conversation, one of which this is where me and my current team really agree is we got good pipeline. We can build more and we're going to. But first and foremost is, hey, let's turn our current customer base. Let's see if we can add a zero between now and next quarter. Mm-hmm. That would be great. That would be awesome if they could convince all of them to pay us next month. Because you gotta, you got to manage that. And it's like so many of these founders that I've ran into from startups over the years have just basically said, no, no, no. I want that new logos. Once they pay me the first time, I don't care. And I'm like, dude, you're cutting your foot off halfway through a race to get that evaluation. Let's say, again, let's say that they're buying 100 million X, which, you know, that's not all that much anymore. Not all that difficult, right? If yeah. you get like five figures in our arm, and a 20 to 40x multiplier to the right PC, not at all hard to do. So you're telling me that you believe that constantly churning and burning customers within six to 12 months, or maybe 18 if you're lucky, yeah. what's going to get you that evaluation to which I respond with, have you ever talked to the money? You know, one of the first questions that any smart money that I've ever ran into asked is, what is the average customer life? Because look, if I have to spend nearly, you know, half the money that I'm giving you in trying to keep or like maintain the current levels of revenue, yeah. lost. I mean, you have to spend ten percent, lost. Which I guess I you know comes, it all you know all comes full circle back to right it is. You know, sales isn't isn't broken. I think it's just going it's just going through a, a, a reset of its own. But it's been yes, it's, it's always been the pre pre COVID dare I say, it. um, it's kind of not been it's been the forgotten child because fundamentally sales are sales. You come into the office, you do your nine to five or your eight to six or whatever it is. You bash the phone, you hit your numbers, you leave home ha- happy days, and we'll, everyone was kind of just accepting their lot to 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 a right, lots in life to a certain extent. And it never really went, you know, HR, you know, HR functions would go through transformations, finance functions would go through transformation, IT functions would go through this, you know, even the business might go through a, a transformation program per se for those listening on doing inverted commas. But the sales function was always <laughs> kind of, well, you're just sales. You're just right. You, you go to a sandwich training and you get, get on the phones. Hurry up. Yeah, exactly. Whereas I also now feel or I believe that this needs to be a CEO, MD, board level discussion and awareness um, that you need to kind of understand without without a sales engine, you are, irrespective of whether you're a sales force or you're a startup, you are fundamentally a a nothing. And if you accept the research that the seller has been squeezed more and more out of the, the process because of the pressure that SDRs are being put under in terms of get more out, get more dials out, get more um, get more ineffectual dials out to the wrong people. That's why cold calling doesn't work because it's 
the the majority giving the majority the minority a bad name in it. Um, the same with outreach on email. The same with social selling. The same. The same. The it's same. Like I'm all for touch points. Like all of my current stuff has at least six to maybe twelve touch points in total between each lead and each account. Fine, but I know I actually have value to bring them. I'm not dialing into the ether for dialing into the ether's sake. And you have so many of these reps that believe, look, put me on connecting self and I'll get, you know, my numbers, I'll hit it. And the problem with that is, no, 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 kid. Connecting self tells you what its greatest function. Yeah. It's an entropy machine. It tells you where you need to focus within the chaos. Then you work on that list and then you dial off that list. Hopefully get some verified leads from the beers and Ryan. And then boom, bada bing, you're now actually going to get your numbers. But if you're telling me that in the modern era, between spam filters, between call blocks, between you know the GDPR, and God only knows what else you or if they use to come up with next, God help us all, um, that they're going to do and that's going to work, you haven't been paying attention to the last thing. You just haven't. Sure. I mean, only you and I could. could... I know you've been. I know you're being you're being reserved in terms of. Uh, yes, yes, I am. Some of your points based on the call we had the uh, the other night. Um, but if I mean, okay, there's. I mean, the, the thing is that an SDR necessarily can't solve this. But what would be picking up on your earlier points around kind of the, the two kind of I guess types from a future state of what you 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 believe based on your your experience thus far in the world that you're. You, and especially coming from a technical perspective, what would your advice be to kind of SDRs kind of thinking about getting in into this or in, a, in their current state, notwithstanding the gloss isn't always necessarily greener, but what sh what should they be doing to better themselves? Fee-FIFO says it best. If I cannot from the C-suite or VPs or directors understand my camp within the first time of us having a real sales conversation, I walk and that's it. That's it. But that's what it boils down to is you want to be successful. You need to understand you know, your or needs to understand your cam and let you add it. Between that and anything else, I mean, there's other points, but if they do not understand their cam, you can't help them. Because again, firing the ether, yeah, you'll, you'll get some hits, but that's not what sales is. Sales isn't one off. No, no, no. Sales is reliable process, time and time again. And I will always argue with founders who said, well, I did it once or twice. Doesn't that mean I'm like, no, no, it does not. Gut line. Awesome. Wes, I always enjoy uh, talking to you and your, uh, your insight. If people want to connect with you, find out more, learn more about what it is that you do, where can, where can I point them to? Where's the best, best place to, uh, to find you? Uh, right now it's LinkedIn or WhatsApp because again you know I'm, I'm yeah, just on there. Or the yep. Or you or the Discord. Discord. Okay, I'll put the links to um, to Discord and your uh, your profile, uh, your profile here. Um, thank you so much for that. I highly recommend you, you if you do if you want to learn more about what West West can do to help you. He's a different. He comes in from a different angle, so he will challenge your thought process. Um, but I in, I think in this world that's a good thing to uh, to do, West. Really appreciate your time and uh, your time and thought this afternoon, uh, this evening, wherever I am in the world, London. <laughs> um, exactly, and... isn't it like one time? <laughs> Who am I? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, 
And uh, as always, to my amazing guests, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to be on it, you know what to do. If you want to recommend people to be on it. But uh, otherwise, wherever you are in the world, uh, Wes is giving a big thumbs up. Wes, thank you. <laughs>